3: Money starts right now live from the Nasdaq market side overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Karen Feinerman, Brian Kelly and Steve Grosso. Tonight on Fast, Baba's big reversal. The stock soaring earlier today before the bulls bailed on the name. So is it headed for another breakdown or could this be your best chance to buy? A top technician will be here. Plus, Bitcoin is hanging tough despite another round of ETF projections from the SEC. And Brian Kelly here says the action could be a bullish sign for the crypto universe. He will explain. But first, we start with the words that raise a lot of eyebrows on Wall Street today.
4: I'll tell you what. If I ever got impeached, I think the market would crash. I think everybody would be very poor because without this thinking, uh, you would see see numbers that you wouldn't believe in reverse.
3: That is right. President Trump does seem to have the... Whole world in his hands, or at least the whole stock market. The S&P 500 is up 34% since he was elected, has gained a whopping $6 trillion in market cap during that time. So as the drama around the president continues to build, is this stock market rally really all hinged on Trump? And if he does get impeached or resigns, and of course that is a big if, What would that mean for the markets? Tim? Well,
0: you know, and no one wants to hear my politics. I don't think anyone wants on a market show to hear our politics. So I'm just going to tell you, to me, what what caused the markets move, what was more important than Trump himself, was when we found out that the Republicans had a clean sweep of of the House and the Senate, and and then they also had the executive branch. So to me, that tax deal didn't get done without essentially Congress. And and to me, that is the more important part of what's going on here. Look, I I think the mandate that was given to this administration was one where many folks, and let's not get into electoral colleges, whether it was a, a majority or not, bottom line, people voted for I want less regulation. I want a pro-business stance. I largely do want lower taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I'm very concerned about how we interact with the rest of the world. A lot of that stuff has happened. A lot of that stuff is already well underway. And that will not be overturned whether this man is in the White House or not.
3: Doesn't a Trump administration,
5: though, represent all those things that are pro-business that have helped propel the stock market higher? I totally agree with that. I mean, I think, you know... Also, not being political, the Obama administration, as a backlash of 08-09, was... Had a people felt very anti business. The reverse is true yep. of a Trump administration's pro business. So that causes sentiment to change, which causes companies to feel much better about being able to spend and having some certainty about that the regulatory environment wouldn't move against them. So that was really important. Remember, the Trump administration has careened from crisis to crisis for a long since the very first week, right? And yet, the market continues to go up. They didn't get tax done until the end of last year, and I was actually surprised they were able to get it done at the end of last year, but they did. So I think those things are staying in place, even if he's not there, and I think they're staying in place. I think it's been too good for the American economy to, even if we have a sweep the other way, to have them say, you know what, we're dismantling the, tax, the corporate tax cut right. at a minimum. Well, I they would have to would have be... a
6: huge sweep. They, they would have to take over the, the House. They would have to take over the Senate. Right. They would have to get to that magic number. So to echo some of these points, all the things that were pro-growth, bullish, they already happened. Not going away. Corporate tax cuts not going away. That was a huge – look, so look he's at Target. out.
3: He's out for whatever reason under whatever circumstances. Yeah, we don't want to get well, into that. But here, a, that's and our tax, scenario tax here. Tax yeah, that's cuts, all we're doing. Tax cuts are still in place. So tax sure. cuts are still yeah. in place. They're stock not. They're, okay. Those are
6: not going away. It would have to be a major, mm. major upheaval to take away any of these yeah. pro-growth things that have happened that created the rally that we've seen in the marketplace. So rally still intact, market's still intact, earnings still intact. I,
7: I'm not sure. So I do think that as long as the policies stay in place, then stock market's going to be okay. But the act of impeachment and why he's being <laughs> impeached, will create a tremendous amount of political uncertainty. So, I, you know, in the short run, I think that happens. You do get a market pullback, correction, whatever you call it. I don't know if I'd call it a crash, but I would agree with the rest of the panel saying, you know what, that's a buying opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the process to get there is extremely messy. So that's an important distinction because we're basically all saying, or you guys are saying,
3: that the economy will remain fine. But the reaction well, we mean, to well, the act Well, because you have, you have questions about
7: trade, how's that going to work? Are we going to still we, uh, have had, these trade deals? Target. Are we not going to be? Are the deals going to be better than they were? What's, what's going to well, go on with the Federal Reserve? What's going to go on with the dollar? All these things that we don't know, and we know that markets don't like uncertainty. So for a period of time, there would be weakness. Target went from an effective tax rate of
6: 31% to 21%. Mm-hmm. These things are not going away. This is what that tailwind is. This is what the knock-on effect is. This is what earnings are all about. It's not not just that face value of an effective tax rate getting getting notched down. It's all the knock on domino effects of pro growth policies, of lower regulatory environment. This allows companies to spend more freely. Than but again, they want. I think that, that, wait.
5: Let me just add one point. Right. This is the uncertainty. We're in the uncertainty. If he were to leave for whatever reason. That's the certainty. That's the certainty, right? This is the uncertainty. Well, hold on Whether a second. So, yeah, but I'm
7: saying the process between uh, here, here and, and there could be oh, very messy. Is, the day that he point. leaves, if the market's on its low, BK's a buyer. Before, but about, but if, it's a
6: Russia, if it's a Russia issue, that's a huge that, – I agree with you on that. that. That is a huge issue for the marketplace, and if that has tentacles past this whole payment Process and if it's a real Russia problem, then the market yeah, we explored are really the
0: history books last night, I think, or a couple nights on the show. And Dan talked about 73 74 with Nixon. All the um, historians are out of the woodwork here. And, and so, so <laughs> again, and you're talking about very different, I, I think, uh, market cycle. But you did have a period where this uncertainty that was surrounding from from the Saturday massacre, Saturday night massacre, all the way through the point where Nixon resigned, you had a major drawdown. Different economic
6: background, I mean, though.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I agree with what BK is saying, and, and that we've also seen, despite what Karen says, is, which is also true, that they've careened from crisis to crisis, we have seen points where the Trump administration's ability to hold their ground has been something that has moved markets around. The market, from an economic perspective, still, though, is going to be tethered mostly by what the Federal Reserve does, mostly by where we are. Uh, I think, so I would push back on Steve and say, look, I think the corporate tax cut is great for them. I think you've front-loaded a lot of growth, and I think a lot of these companies probably aren't necessarily going to be spending dramatically or investing in their business that much after what they've done already. So, I mean, I, I think we, we got a big boost to it. I think the economy, though, is is. But you didn't stuck think with the that dollars, big boost, stuck with the Fed, you stuck think, with global
6: politics. You didn't think that big boost originally was even worth it. And we've seen the market greet it favorably with the market ratcheting up, increasing higher. But I will tell you, the China trade issue, with him gone, everyone thinks everyone wants to be softer. He wanted to rescue ZTE. Congress didn't. So I'm not sure about that little angle of the China trade issue being better with the president gone. I think Congress,
7: both parties, want to be really aggressive towards China. I, I, and I'm not saying that it would be better or worse. I'm just saying there would be uncertainty. And I can tell you right now, right. based on how he has acted so, so far, he's not going away quietly. It's not like, oh, he's got a peach. You know what? He's going to take off the Trump Tower and you never hear from him again. It would be a fight.
3: Are we in a? Are we in that period of uncertainty, though, at this point? I, and, and that's where I have the question. I don't know if we're in a period of uncertainty at all at this point. I mean, to I, compare what's happened to Saturday Night Mass. We'll, we'll right.
5: get some clarity after the elections shortly, right? Okay. That'll be that'll be a some certain midterm election, right, right? Right. That'll be important. Did the House go? That'll be is, is that price in the market?
6: The house going? I don't think think so. I think the house going is 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 not priced in, but that's a real event that could happen. We're talking about 24 seats, so that's a real event that could happen. I think it's halfway priced in, and that's what's holding the reins on the S and P. So
3: so, okay, I asked that I asked that question: Are we in that period of uncertainty? Because if we are, if you believe that we are, then your trading is going to be a lot different than if you believe that we are not. Right. Yes, and,
0: and you're also in a period of uncertainty because positioning has changed from being quite cautious, quite bearish, City Surprise Index, bull bear readings, whatever you want to look at, newsletter polls. Uh, we went from being quite bearish after being overly bullish to a place where markets really have acted like they don't care about much right now and positioning has changed. So you're doing this at all-time highs. You're doing this going into, um, first of all, September is a very difficult month of the year. And, and you now the calendar is something that can repeat itself or not but uh, when I look at where you should be cautious to be playing here I think you know we we just got to read which sectors have more at risk here than others whether we like it or not I like banks I think they're cheap but you know two's tens today went to 20 basis points at one point intraday so there's a lot of pressure in certain parts of at least the investment sector breakdown. And I think
6: that's something that will continue. Why don't we just look at what sold off in the last couple of days off of these headlines. It's been industrials, materials, staples, utilities, financials. Everything else rallied. I know it sounds like a lot, but those equally are the amount. the Industrials, material, right? right? All, all of those were sold off based on what we've seen in the last couple of days of the news cycle. And of course, tech, consumer discretionary, those are the things that have run. Semis ran and energy also
7: ran, which was, which
6: was shocking to me
7: what would you do? What do you do? Well, it depends. That's what my lawyers tell me. And then they charge (laughs) me 1500 bucks. But it depends on, so at these levels, if you have a fresh dollar to spend, this is what I've been saying for the last week or so, it's been a bit wrong. But why am I putting a fresh dollar to work when we're going into a period of uncertainty? So that answers your question of, are we in it? I think we just started it. We just started having these kind of impeachment talks over the last few days. So do I need to put an extra dollar to work today? No. But I can buy the breakout. You know, if everything's humming along and we get the dollar keeps rising at a steady pace money's flowing into this country and it's got to find its way someplace it'll find its way to the stock market it'll find its way to the bond market
5: karen you know i i really don't try to time the markets you got to time it on the way out and then you got to time it on the way in and then you got to pay the taxes in the middle so to me that doesn't really make sense for me to do i would own more of everything that i own I own Alphabet, that's a big position. I own the banks, owned them for a long time with Timmy. That's a big position for me as well. Some retail. I think I'm not gonna be able to trade around here the Mueller investigation or anything else, really, even trade. Pick oh, the hell
6: of a career then.
5: What? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can do is trade around protection. So I do that.
3: Coming up. Check out shares of Gap getting crushed after its earnings report. There's still a number of retailers waiting in the wings to report. The traders will tell us which ones will be the big winners and losers. Plus, Alibaba was supposed to save the Chinese tech stocks, but the stock selling off today, adding to the carnage for the embattled group. And a top technician says there are three names to buy right now. And later, it's the Heat versus the Knicks. Yes, I know it's not basketball season, but we are talking esports. We will tell you just how big the very first NBA 2K finals could be. We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more fast money right after this.
1: What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones.
3: Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Gap selling off in the after-hours session. Leslie Pickers in the newsroom with more. Hey, Les.
1: Hey, Melissa. That's right. Shares of Gap plummeting in after-hours trading after reporting second quarter figures that failed to impress investors. The big headline here is that Gap's global comparable store sales were down more than double the rate that analysts were expecting. The company has been grappling with supply chain issues within its Gap line, which has led to a boon in inventories. And while Banana Republic and especially Old Navy brands saw decent same-store, sales growth in the quarter, they really weren't enough in the eyes of investors, at least to offset some of the weaknesses that were very apparent in their Gap brand. And as one of the few retailers in the red for the year, investors had somewhat tempered expectations going into today's numbers. But even as the company beat on both the top and bottom line and ref- reaffirmed its full-year guidance. The stock, of course, still plummeted. The, po- the call began about 15 minutes ago, uh, where CEO Art Peck spoke about their commitments to brick-and-mortar stores while continuing their focus on technology.
2: It perplexes me to continue to hear over and over that stores are a liability. They're
0: an asset, not a liability. Sure, if you've got a store in a dying mall.
8: That store needs to go away, and that's work that we've got, we've got on early, and we will continue. But the simple fact is, is that most apparel is still sold in stores and will continue to be sold in stores.
1: All right, our team is listening in, and we'll let you know of other news that comes up on that call, Melissa. All
3: right, thank you very much. Leslie Picker in the newsroom. What do we do with Gap here, and does, does Art Peck, you know, it's, Art Peck's background was heading up the Gap's e-commerce business. And here he is saying, stores are necessary.
5: Uh-uh. Maybe I, not. I don't, it's curious. I mean, and they've got a lot of stores, right? They've got a lot of, they've I feel like there's stores. a gap in every corner. There's a lot of gaps. There's a lot. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work.
4: Impending deadline?
5: Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click, click, click. click. Writer's block. Release. With Canva magic, right? Magical. Stress less and save time at Canva.com. Designed for work. Canva.
4: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.
5: Of, uh, oh, between, between of Athleta Navies, yeah. and,
4: and you yeah.
5: know, But yeah. the gap Banana is their, their biggest driver. Yeah. Right. And old Navy's close, but gap's their biggest driver. Those kind of numbers are, you know, that's bad. So the stock should be down. However, I got it. Trades. It, it trades. It's a brand, but it doesn't trade like a brand it trades like a wholesaler.
0: Yeah. Look, three of the four brands there under that umbrella are actually doing pretty well. Um, the gap's the one that's not, um, I don't think the stock's terribly cheap. It's had a massive run Um, And I think it's easy to be defensive about the fact of the matter is that you still have dying stores. They're dying stores. Um, Doesn't mean that that wasn't pricing at some point. So uh, I think the companies obviously addressed that.
3: All right. Well, the retail space has been surging as earnings are in full swing. The XRT retail ETF hitting an all-time high, tracking for its best month since November 2017. And it's not over yet as a number of specialty retailers are waiting in the wings to report next week. Names like Lululemon, Dick Sporting, Abercrombie, and Dollar General all on deck and trading at or near 52-week highs. So... Given these moves, we thought it would be the perfect time the to perfect play a time. game. 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 One that we like to call
5: "Shop it. Oh. it or drop right. it. or drop it. You know the term shop it means you're putting something up for sale. Yeah. That's not all oh. right. about the details. Oh, always Here's a problem. Here's
3: how to it. I'll name a stock. (laughs) Let's use Abercrombie as as an example. You say you like the stock, you'll say, shop it. You'll see this. Okay. If you don't like the stock, you'll say, drop it. You'll you'll hear that. Everyone got it? Got got it. Got it. All right. Let's play. Karen, kick it off with Abercrombie. Shop it
5: or drop it? Reluctantly, I would say drop it. I mean, it's had a huge, huge (laughs) run. Ah, And I just think the bar is very high. August 30, I think they report. Why are you groaning? Huh? Why is everybody groaning about you? Dropping
7: it. Well, because I mean, I agree with Karen, it. actually. Uh, yeah, right. I actually <laughs> like the idea. No, I mean, a lot of these retailers, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I would drop it as well. A lot of these retailers have had such a run. How much more do they have in them? I, I stopped going into
0: Abercrombie and Fitch when they had all their bags had pictures of guys with like wax chests on them. Oh, I thought it was when they stopped selling <laughs> it. It was too intimidating. I'll drop it. Get out of
6: awesome. there. I, 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 I would actually shop it. Oh. It, it, technically, it looks great. And there's always that takeout premium to the number. It's a $2 billion market cap. It's been performing. I don't like the exposure that they have in Europe. I think that could be a little, a little bit soft. But I do think that this was so out of favor for so many years that I think people bet against it. Now it's just that bounce effect, and that bounce probably can go further.
0: But, it, it's, it's, first of all, again, it's had this enormous run. Why should Dick succeed where every other specialty sporting goods store has failed? In other words, they're the only one left. Now, maybe that's the reason so why they about, well. talking about Abercrombie. Oh, we're talking mm-hmm. about Abercrombie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, then. You know. <laughs> hang on. So <laughs> like,
6: a right. First okay, of, of all, 1st you were worried about the bags. Exactly. You were worried about the bags, exactly. and now you go like straight you, to Dick's. it right. a long day. <laughs> <laughs> second time Clean's
3: this week, light. I think. <laughs> 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 Let's just move on. Uh, just, no comment necessarily. Uh, Dollar General.
9: Dollar General. It's a good time for me to redeem myself. Shop it or it. drop <laughs> it.
3: Dollar General. Dollar General. Yeah. Yeah. Look,
0: I think you shop it, which yeah. means you keep it. And I think us has had a huge run. See, unlike some of these names, I think you've got a valuation at 15 and a half times that makes a lot of sense. Also, what's been difficult for Dollar General is whether Walmart has been in predatory pricing mode or not. I think the landscape out there is actually decent. So despite a massive move, I shop
7: it. I mean, we have, we have Walmart general. do well. We had Target do well. We've got Amazon doing yeah, well. Yeah, and it hasn't hurt these stocks. And we look like, it looks like, we're just starting to get a breakout from basically a year-long sideways trend, right? So I'm with Tim on this one. I think you shop it, which means <laughs> you, you put it in the bag and buy it. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> <See>? For
3: that, I <laughs> reward you I'm, with another stock to talk ooh, about. All right. Nice. Lululemon, shop it or drop it.
7: Uh, do I tell you first or my reasons? I guess I tell you first. So I'll borrow a line from Calvin Brodus. You drop it like it's hot. And the primary reason is the same <laughs> as everything else. Yes, they've got great earnings. Yes, they've got the men's line coming out. Thank, but they're thank not goodness. cheap stock. Thank you.
3: Yeah, you've been wearing the women's line as well. well I've, <laughs> In the I'm doing tonight. I've got it all
7: mixed up. So yes, I could be. The men's the line model. is very we'll important. But you know, wrong with that. Of course. But, but nonetheless, it's had a tremendous run. How much more is left than this? You drop it.
3: Well, apparently they do have, they have those pants. They have, like, many, many oh, types of men's pants. No, and he's familiar with the I they have. Into the office yeah. now instead of real pants. So That's why he goes there pants. instead of
0: Abercrombie me now. me look fit, whether I am or not. I,
6: mean, <laughs> I, 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 like I think valuation has always been the problem with this one in the space, and Karen could probably talk to that better than I can. But when you look at the name, they have to do everything right. At this point, And if they do one thing wrong, just a little bit wrong, the stock gets clobbered based on valuation for me.
5: I agree. Just that P.E. multiple. Great. They've done a fantastic job, but it's hard to get on board with P.E. multiple up here with that run. All right. Well, now
6: get ready. Steve. Oh. Talk about All right. I, wait, hang on a second. I think Tim's going to disagree <laughs> do, with me.
3: I do six. not
6: like this one.
3: Grosso, shop it or drop it.
6: I would shop this one. You know, a lot of their competition has vacated the arena due to bankruptcies. So we've seen sports authorities, we've seen sports chalet uh, just liquidate basically. That left a lot of room for coal stores, left a lot of room for Dick's Sporting Goods. I think Dick's Sporting Goods still can be bought at this level. Dude, I mean, smarter <laughs> people, people have said this Take over two. and over again, and I'll say it again. Talk Look, about
5: Walmart. I,
0: I, no. I just, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or Ulta, yeah. I believe. I, I just think that the specialty sporting goods store has proven the model doesn't work. I, I think Dix has had a great run, but, I, you know, I, I don't see why you need to believe so that these guys are to... – I'm sorry. I'm going to drop it with you a red flag. Good job, Tim. Oh, I didn't good see good that job. coming. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up, it's the first-ever NBA 2K Finals, and the managing director of the league is here to tell us why this weekend could be a game-changer for eSports. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, First in Business Worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast.
7: Chinese internet stocks are tumbling, but a top technician says the group is actually flashing a rare buy sign. He will break it down. Plus, Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. You might as well be talking Bitcoin. And something happened today that could be particularly bullish. BK will break it down. When Fast Money returns.
3: Welcome back to Fast Money. It was a crazy day for Alibaba, the Chinese tech giant initially surging after reporting earnings this morning, but closing today's session down 3% after a big midday reversal. Let's get to Dom Chun, the newsroom, for all the details. Hey, Dom.
9: Well, Melissa, it was looking promising for Alibaba at least for a little while today, the company that some call, of course, the Amazon of China. It posted an earnings miss, but the bright spot came from a 61% gain in sales as well as a jump in the number of monthly active users on mobile devices on a quarter-over-quarter basis. Alibaba is also growing in areas like cloud computing, supermarkets, and entertainment. Sound familiar to anyone out there? It was, anyway, good enough for a pop in the stock that has been part of a broader medium-term sell-off in Chinese internet names so far this year. But by around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time today, that sentiment all changed to the negative and pretty quickly. Baba shares dropped by over 6% intraday within just an hour. And a lot of the traders and investors out there look to Alibaba, of course, as the blue chip of Chinese internet names, a bellwether. So perhaps no surprise that Baba's struggles today rippled through the rest of that whole industry taking down Tencent. JD.com and iQiyi with it. It's been a painful few months overall for these Chinese internet stocks. Sina plummeting around 23% in just the past three months. JD.com falling around 14%. Tencent and Alibaba down a respective 13% and 11%. So, Melissa, what looked like it could have been positive data you know, to help kind of the value case for these Chinese internet stocks turned into more questions about whether things can still get worse from here. Back over to you guys.
3: All right, Tom Thanks. Our next guest says, don't worry, there are three Chinese Internet stocks to buy right now. Let's go off the charts with Todd Gordon of tradinganalysis.com. Hey, Todd.
10: Hey, Melissa. Yeah, the uh, obviously, earnings have not been very good in the Chinese Internet names, but technically, from a long-term point of view, um, they've taken a big beating ahead of these earnings. I kind of feel like it was kind of baked into the cake here. so. First, let's start off in KWIM. And actually, last time I was on Fast about a week or two ago, I was talking about this name. And we did get a really nice push down into this uptrend support that dates all the way back to 2015. This was that little pocket of volatility uh, last week that really hit the market. But we went right down into this beautiful uptrend support. And again, we're working on a log scale. We're looking at percent change rather than notional change. And that's going to change where your trend line comes in. Really important to keep that in mind. So looks like the the Chinese internet, K-Web is supported, specifically as we drop down. Momo, I have this trade on. I love it. You can see that the pullback has been much less severe here. Again, a very nice uptrend support on your semi-log percent change scale. These are very, very well supported here. Heading over to the next one, Alibaba. I know it was very scary. It was up to like 186, sold off down about 170 post earnings. But again, just a massive shelf of support right around 165. That goes back about... 18 months. So until 165 breaks on the downside, you've got to continue to be bullish. I'm gonna to look to pick this up in, in my account. So I like Alibaba top side. The other one that was a miss, but still technically supported. You can't get too far out over your skis is 10 cent. Again, what a beautiful symmetrical channel here. You you connect the lows and traders are looking for that to hold support despite how bearish the fundam- fundamentals might be, how bad the earnings are. And then you can actually draw a perfect parallel channel and just see how much order there is in this very large Chinese stock. Again, we're holding support. This is the weekly chart. And if we draw down to the daily, get a look at the reversal that we had right at this orange channel. Okay, this is like, this is like uh, trading fourth dimension, like back to the future. So you gotta remember um, what happened here on the weekly. This is the daily. So there's that big gap down. On the volatility we saw in the market, we've just come straight back bid, even if the market comes back and and, and gives back a little bit of the gains that we've seen over the last week. Um, For instance, I mean, a lot of the markets are kind of doing this just over the last couple days. Um, As long as we hold some some lower levels, just a little bit lower here on this pullback, uh, following the earnings report, I still think those weekly and daily trends continue and support will be uh, in existence. So I stay long.
3: You know, Todd, the thinking here for a lot of these Chinese stocks is that they're getting caught up in a lot of the trade concerns. I'm wondering if you think that – is there a a high correlation between some of these stocks, like an Alibaba, one of the biggest, and some of the major Chinese indices?
10: And I'm sorry, Melissa, say that last time. Correlation? Oh, the correlation. Sure. I mean – the, Alibaba is not very correlated to the other stocks. If you take a look at k and Tencent and Momo, I mean, those had beautiful uptrends that just got caught up in this pocket of volatility in the trade war. I think it's correlated to the yuan selling off. Dali yuan is trying to break out. But that Alibaba stock looks rock solid. I mean, it's just been sideways in a major trading range for years. So I think it's just been pretty rock solid, showing good relative strength. So while we're above 165, I think we go higher. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a volatile sector. Be sure to position size accordingly if you're playing in here. Use stops, but, you know, There's money to be made in here.
3: All right, Todd, thanks. Todd Gordon, tradinganalysis.com. Ambassador. Um, yes. Todd, Todd likes Alibaba. What do you make? Why, why the midday reversal in your view? Well, I think people started to listen to how they're going to be
0: spending on a couple of these new retail. Uh, Kube, for example, is a place they're going to be spending. I think the margins may be coming down a little bit. But, you know, as, if you think about these Chinese Internet stocks and an 8 percent intraday reversal is very dramatic. Um, but I, I, you know, Todd talked about the technicals that he loves. He's got these beautiful little charts and whatnot. I mean, the fundamentals, I think, are extraordinary. Um, So to me, ultimately, what happened with the Chinese Internet stocks is they're being treated, one, like they're trade war stocks. And if you think about what we got from Alibaba today, 61 percent growth in local e-commerce, local e-commerce data, basically their version of data center, their version of AWS growing over 90 percent, 93 percent. So the concern really is whether their core business is starting to lose some of its margin. The other is that, you know, the valuations, it trades roughly 31 times 2019, 21 times 2020 uh, on a peg ratio. of, of less than one, significantly cheaper than Amazon. And again, the emerging market headwinds are important. If you didn't know this, look, 10 cent between 10 cent the stock and the 80 percent of 10 cent that NASPERS owns. Mm-hmm. That's six and a half percent of the emerging market index. We all know what's been going on in EM. You throw in Alibaba, that's 10 percent right there. They get pushed around when EM gets right. pushed around. That's the story.
5: You had a trade on Baba. I did. Uh, I had a trade on just, you know, last week it got crushed with all of them. And I thought, all right, it seems I did it through options. It was a very Pete like trade. It traded up on Monday. I sold half and sold half on Wednesday. Interesting. I saw it up eight this morning. Felt really, really dumb. And then by the end of the day, I felt much better. Uh, sadly, my whole sense of self really was determined by where did Baba end the day. <laughs> so that and how that, are you feeling? I'm feeling good. That. I'm you're feeling right. good. All right. so you know. good. All I mean, that aside, I think it's interesting here. Actually, but, I, I so think the, it's
6: a buy. So the, p- the problem is though that everything Tim said, accurate fundamentals are, ac- are, are extremely bullish. But when it sold off today was when President Trump started <laughs> talking about ratcheting up trade war. So it sold off a little bit before 11 o'clock. So this is getting tied up in it. So unfortunately, I still own it. I have a great profit in it. But I'm giving some of that back. I'm willing to hold on to it. 165 is the crucial level that Todd's talking about. All right.
3: Well, if you can't get enough of Chinese Internet stocks, be sure to head to tradingnation.cnbc.com. Find out which name one trader is calling a major buy right now. Meantime, still ahead, video games are on the rise, and it could be killing traditional television. We've got the details and tell you what it means for the media space. Much more fast right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. It's not just Netflix that traditional media companies might have to watch out for now. Kids are playing more video games than ever before, and that's taking time away from the tube. Josh Lipton and his fast-growing beard are breaking it down from San Francisco. Hi, Josh and beard. Uh,
4: (laughs) Melissa... (laughs) Um, Let me tell you something. It's gotten so bad now, Melissa, that even Jennifer Lopez can't get the kids excited to watch TV. MTV's Video Music Awards just hit an all-time ratings low, but Miss Lopez shouldn't feel too bad. Truth is, kids just don't watch as much TV as they used to. Brad Adgate, an independent media consultant, relates some interesting data from Nielsen, specifically that American teenagers, 12 to 17, watch an average of 22 hours per week of television Back in 2012, that has now dropped hard down to 12 hours in 2017. Adgate chalks up the drop to two broad factors. One, he says, these kids grew up in the digital age, so they are very comfortable consuming online video. Two, the rise of video games, he says, especially on mobile devices like smartphones and tablets, which means they can play those video games anytime, anywhere. Research firm IDC says revenue from video games hit $120 billion in 2017 and it's going to jump 14% this year. How much time do people spend playing video games? A lot. The average amount of time each week. People in the U.S. age 13 and older spend playing video games hit 7.8 hours in 2017. Now, that is up 60% from 2011, according to Nielsen. The latest survey taken in January did show a slight decline, but it was still 6.5 hours a week, and that drop might not be totally honest either, as the Journal notes video game fans might now be under-reporting their usage. When young fans do play video games, what do they want to see? Lewis Ward, IDC's director of gaming, says they want to watch other people play games on platforms like Twitch. They're also hooked on eSports, and they appreciate a strong social component, too. Something hits, we know, like Fortnite offer. Though our own Julia Borston did report today that Fortnite's growth has actually recently slowed down dramatically. Melissa, back to you.
3: All right, Josh. I like how you just ignore my comment about your beard entirely. I mean, like, dude, no, we you were, didn't even we, hear we, it. We love That's that beard, bro. here. Let's move on. Uh, re- <laughs> it's okay, like, hey, Josh. I, my feelings aren't hurt. Yeah. He's still doing it. He's still <laughs> ignoring it. Just <laughs> no
0: comment. He's just laughing it off.
3: I know. That's All right. That's a confident okay. beard right there. Thanks, Josh. Josh Lifton in San Francisco. All right. It's not just kids who are ditching TV sets for their consoles and phones. Investors have also flocked to uh, gaming stocks. Video may have killed the radio star back in the day, but nowadays video games are crushing big media in in the last three years, media names like Viacom had fallen, even CBS and Disney, up 19 and 13% in that time, are nothing compared to the big three gaming stocks. Take-Two, Activision, Blizzard, and EA have completely destroyed media stocks to Take-Two in the lead, more than tripling in three years. So, that begs the question here, have video games killed the TV star?
7: BK. Uh, no, I don't think so. I just think it's shifting a bit, right? And so if you look at something like Disney and they have a big TV network there, potentially something like ESPN is a huge beneficiary of this. So I don't know. Maybe TV has shifted. I still think there's stars out there. We've had several people on the show that uh, are doing kind of a, a broadcasting and whatnot. I, actually, in this space, I still think you look Disney.
3: All right, Uh, one video game taking over the eSports arena, NBA 2K, the series. This weekend, gamers will flock to Twitch to watch the New York sports eSports team try and beat the Heat in the first-ever finals for the NBA 2K League. We've got the league's managing director, Brendan Donahue, here on set to break down the action. Brendan, welcome to FAST. Great to have you with us. What should we expect? How big is this going to be?
8: We think it's going to be huge. I mean, we have 17 teams right now. Um, For next season, we've already had four more teams added on. And so we fully expect at some point all 30 teams in the NBA to be a part of it and beyond. So we, we see this being an opportunity. We see being, having a Shanghai team and a London team playing Knicks gaming or Heat Check gaming. So we think, we think this is going to be global. Who is watching? What, what's your demographic? So there's three distinct audiences mm-hmm. we look at. So one is just the players who play this every day. There's 1.6 million playing 2K on a daily basis. You know? um, so that's one group. Certainly we have NBA fans. So we have 1.4 billion NBA fans around the globe, and then the last group we think is a real opportunity for us, which is one of the reasons that Twitch is such a great partner, is esports enthusiasts. So call it—I mean, the number keeps changing every day and growing—but call it 200 million esports enthusiasts. We think we're giving, you know, bringing a new option to.
3: So given where you see the three distinct people who are watching uh, (laughs) this, you know, where where do these viewers come from? I mean. We had Julia Borson on earlier today talking about the peak of Fortnite and how there had been some thinking that social media was losing some of its users because of things like Fortnite and other video games. Where, where do you think these people are, are shifting their time from? Um, do you have any sense of that?
8: It's, it's hard to say. I mean, we, we certainly we, we, that's the beauty again of a digital product. We have tons of data. Um, we do think there is actually a good number of people on Twitch that are browsing. And they're not necessarily going uh, on, on. They're on Twitch, they're looking at several it. different games, uh-huh. and they see us come on the, you know, the carousel, and they, they, they click on our on on the 2K League. And so we think there's that's one of the reasons that Twitch is a fantastic partner for us. I mean, to put it in perspective, in terms of esports, you know, 15 million daily active users are on Twitch for nearly two hours a day. And 15 so, million
3: for two hours a day on yes.
0: average.
8: Yes. So, wow. I mean, so that's where we that's why we think this is an, an amazing opportunity for us. And, and Twitch is such an incredible
0: valuable and it's a platform that's launched to so many other big brands in your space um where's abc where's disney abc espn where are these guys because again we saw them start to um telecast they had the overwatch finals they telecasted that for the first time and and globally how about telemundo how about some of these global networks again that that really are focused on where the nba is a global brand
8: so we're talking to all of them and so so, um what i would say is uh, is to stay on twitch for a second what we love about it is we're talking to them on a weekly basis and they are, we're having conversations about how can we change for next week? What adjustments can we make? And the reason we can do that is because we have, on Twitch, you have this Twitch chat. And there's literally, on a normal broadcast for us, there's five to 20,000 Twitch chat comments that are kind of, it's a feedback loop for us. And the beauty of it is we actually can make changes and get instant feedback. And in some cases, the audience is telling us what they want to see. And then when they see it the following week, they're thrilled. So we're creating a different level of engagement that you know, broadcast has ever seen.
3: So where is this going to be in, in a year? I mean, in terms of the number of teams, where it might be broadcast. I mean, are we close to that point where there will be that convergence that we were talking about when it comes to an ESPN or, or a network? Are you going to be network? selling at the garden after exactly. a napkin? Exactly. Yeah. So
8: I I think you look at the you know the linear the linear, uh, the linear um, uh, networks now they have streaming options. So you know you're seeing ESPN Plus, you're seeing you're you're seeing this happen already. Um, so in, in, you know it's it's merging. Quite honestly, I mean I don't I don't think there's going to be much de- 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 uh, delineation in
6: the future.
3: All right. Brendan, it's great to have you. Good luck this weekend. Have fun. Thank you very much. (laughs) Brendan Donahue. All right. So where do we go here?
6: So you would think that the first knee-jerk reaction would be Electronic Arts or Activision Blizzard. Those stocks have been under pressure lately. Take-Two Interactive, which Mm -hmm. is not the first uh, uh, derivative or the first collateral play that I would play based on esports, but that's the one that looks best on the charts. I would go take two.
3: Right. I mean, a lot of these guys also have battle royale features that are rolling out in the fall, and that could really help, especially against Fortnite. If there is that concern that they are losing gamers or, or players to a Fortnite.
0: Yeah. I, I, look, I, I think you have seen that there is an evolution of each brand, and, and at some point, it, it's it's time for the next one. Um, I, I would go back to our last segment on the Chinese internet stock. I think Tencent is the largest gaming company in the world. I think if you want to own a little bit of all this and an incubator who's investing in companies that are actually creating the next NBA 2K, I, I would own Tencent.
3: All right. Coming up, Advanced Micro soaring 6% today, more than doubling this year. But one trader is betting the red hot chip stock is about to crater. We've got the details. Plus, Bitcoin standing strong today despite a big ETF rejection by the SEC as a crypto's resilience sign of a bottom. BK will break it down. Much more Fast Money still ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. The crypto universe and the SEC going head to head again as the SEC knocks down another nine Bitcoin ETFs waiting for approval. But this time, Bitcoin is hanging tough, hovering around 6400 Our Bob Pisani is at the New York Stock Exchange with more on that. Hey, Bob.
2: Hi Melissa, the SEC has once again denied several proposals for a Bitcoin ETF. Now this latest rejection involves two ETFs filed by ProShares that would track Bitcoin futures contracts, another from GraniteShares, and five leveraged and inverse ETFs from Direxion. Now this comes of course on the heels of the SEC's rejection of the Winklevoss ETF in July that would have traded physical Bitcoin. Now, similar to its rejection of the Voss ETF, the SEC expressed concern about fraud and manipulation of Bitcoin markets. For example, it said that the NYSE ARCA, which filed the ProShares application, had not met its requirement, having rules that were sufficient to prevent fraud and manipulation. The SEC also specifically addressed the fact that the ProShares ETF would be tied to Bitcoin futures contracts and they said that the NYC ARCA had not demonstrated that Bitcoin futures markets were significantly large enough. But while they have yet to approve a crypto-based ETF, other applications are still on the table, including an ETF that would track a basket of cryptocurrencies that was filed in July by Bitwise, and the Vanex SolidX Bitcoin Trust, which the SEC announced it was holding off on ruling on until September 30th. So we'll hear then about that one. Critics of the SEC's decision have told me that they are frustrated because they say the SEC has set a very, very high standard, maybe impossibly high. It's not clear what they would have to do to demonstrate that they are adequately preventing fraud and manipulation. Back to you, Melissa.
3: Bob, thanks. Bob Pisani at the NYSE. So if not now, when are the Bitcoin ETFs coming? Our crypto ballers over at the Plasma to break it all down for us
7: speaks. Yeah, sure. So let's get into it. So we had this rejection the other day. Most people, at least the sentiment was that we weren't going to get any ETFs. To me, February 2019 is probably the, uh, the likeliest, the earliest that we can get it. Why do I say that? Bob just mentioned that the VanEck uh, decision is going to come at the end of September. They actually have until February. So I would expect in September they push it off. We also talked, so that's 2019. Also, the surveillance. They, the SEC talked about fraud manipulation. It wasn't so much of preventing it, but how do they surveil it? Do they have an, an arrangement with other exchanges? Are they globally regulated or uh, uh, at a national level regulated exchanges so they can surveil what's going on? Survey. Uh, And then finally, they said the futures market isn't mature enough. That's probably true at this point in time, although it's growing. So that's why I think as we get into 2019, we got a much better shot at it. Let's just clear that and then take a look at what's going on with the futures market. So here's CME futures, open interest of large holders. Since April, you're starting to see this big increase. That's about an 85% increase or growth rate that they're having here. So if you extrapolate that out, by February of 2019, you're going to have a very, very robust market in here. Add in something like the NYSE ICE-backed exchange that's coming out, that's going to add to it. And then finally, we still need to hear from Commissioner Hester, who in the past has said, you know what, SEC Commissioner Hester, who in the past has said these things need to be approved sooner than later. So actually, I think we're incrementally closer to getting an ETF, and the very positive thing was Bitcoin didn't sell off on this. So when a market, doesn't matter if it's Bitcoin or oil or anything, doesn't sell off on the news that it should, that means there's a sentiment change.
3: BK, I want to ask you a question because Hester Pierce has actually tweeted uh, earlier this afternoon that yesterday's staff orders disapproving SRO, SRO rules related to a number of Bitcoin ETFs are stayed pending commission
7: review. Well, that's that's kind of interesting. I knew that was somewhat breaking out there, but basically what they're going to go back and look at it and say, have a, have a review of it. So again, I think we're getting closer to it, they're going to look back and say, hey, wait a second, look at this 85% growth in CME uh, open interest. Maybe that's a change. Let's look at whether there are other ways and also, at least in my view, as whether or not the commission's decision to deny this is actually at this point maybe inhibiting some people from investing in the proper uh, investments.
5: All right, Beek. So I totally agree. It, it no longer trades down on the multiple rejections. But how big of a deal would it actually be
7: if one of them got approved? I think it would be. I think it would be a huge deal. And here's why. If you look at where the demand for this product's coming from, product, and by that I mean Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, it's from the retail investor. The institutional investors are knocking on my door, but they haven't picked up. Pulled the trigger yet, he says, easily. But the retail (laughs) investor has already said they want to buy this. They've already shown that last year. And in retail accounts in the U.S., there's about $50 trillion of AUM. That's a lot of money. It would only take a small portion of that to go into an ETF to spark a nice rally in Bitcoin.
3: Let me ask you this. Let's say they approve an ETF and Bitcoin doesn't do anything.
7: Well, that's a problem. (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, with, I mean, that, I would mean, that be a problem? I, would that, would I, that cause you um,
7: some pause? Yeah, of course it would. But again, it also goes back to how did it go into the into the decision, right? So Bitcoin's down after the last decision. If they approved it today, I'd be very shocked if it didn't go if it didn't go up. But if you have a massive rally going into it and they approve it, then the expectations are in the market. So, again, just like my lawyer said at the top of the show, it depends. That'll be $1,500, please. <laughs> Exciting
0: stuff.
3: Yeah, there should be a special about this. You know you what? Know? It's really is, weird. I'm glad yeah. you asked that, oh. Tim, because there is huh. a special. Um, we've got a special documentary, Bitcoin Boomer Bus, that explores the good, the bad, and the ugly of crypto, and specifically awesome. Bitcoin. That is Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on CNBC. Excellent. Still ahead. Advanced Micro ripping higher today, hitting its highest level in more than a decade. But one trader just fed more than a million bucks. The chip stock is about to crumble. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square, much more fast right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Shares of AMD ripping higher today after getting a price target increase from 27 to 30 by Rosenblatt Securities. The chip maker has been red hot this year, up 116 percent, now the best performing tech stock. But one trader's betting AMD has gone too far too fast. Let's get to Mike Coe in San Francisco with more. Hey, Mike.
6: Hi there. Yeah. So AMD is always a very busy stock when it comes to the options market and trades quite a lot. But we did see double that average options volume today. And while some of the bets were making short-term bets that the stock might go a little bit higher this week, the one that really stuck out to me was a purchase of 6,000 February 21 puts. They paid $2.26 for those, which was more than 10% of the stock price at the time. And those are bearish bets that the stock is going to be below that $21 strike price by the two twenty-six dollars that they paid or down a about 15% in the next six months. And the other takeaway I think people can have, even if this trader turns out to be wrong, is that the options market is expecting that this stock is going to move 30% one way or the other between now and then.
3: All right, Mike, thanks. Mike Cohen, San Francisco. For more options action, check out the full show tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. And if you can't get enough advanced micro, tune into Mad Money tonight. There's Jim on the Kramer cam talking about why AMD will continue to dominate the chip space. That is at the top of the hour on MAD. Meantime, much more fast right after this. Time for the final trade. Tim.
0: You know, that NBA 2K thing, by the way, was very cool. I think the gaming stocks are alive and well, and I think Tencent is the way to play gaming right now. It's a global play.
5: Chairwoman. Yes, I'm going to go with Baba, which we talked about. I think for all the reasons that Tim laid out so well, I mean, they're growing nicely. The valuation, I actually think, is way closer to the value side even with the growth so it will trade with trade rhetoric but that's okay i like it right here BK. Okay.
7: so a few days ago the u.s said they're going to release some oil on the spr and guess what didn't go down oil it went up and just like i said before when markets don't go down when they should you want to buy those U.S.O. it's the most important trade in the market right now are you going to say dicks yeah. why would i say that tim Wood. That's yeah, <laughs> right seems
6: to be. I feel way late on this trade. Canopy Growth had an incredible month. I thought about buying it yeah, today. Steve getting into I'm the canopy. Ba- I'm probably gonna buy it tomorrow, boy. CGC.
3: All right, that does it for us Fair here on knowledge. Fast. Thanks so much for watching. See you back here tomorrow at five. Uh, meantime, Mad Money with Jim Kramer starts right now.
2: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric.